0: hey it's aldwin and i'm jason this is the ready play tennis podcast new balls please
1: we put our shit together so that we can entertain t- you. <laughs> <laughs> Oops,
0: <laughs> come back to
1: life, Dick Ember.
0: <laughs> you know where we're going with this, right? <laughs> I think I feel like it's another ass comment, but
1: Jason, J- Jason just called you on your bluff, and you you came back and you called
0: us an albatross. I don't know what that is. Do you know what this is? It's called entertainment in all caps. Time. Ready? Play. Welcome back to the Ready Play Tennis Podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Aldwin. Did you all miss us? We were off for one whole week. I felt so guilty. Did you feel guilty? <laughs> I mean, we've kept this well oiled machine running for seven, eight months now and for us to take a break. The last time I think we did this, you know, except in between the seasons was when my dog died.
1: Oh, I didn't even remember. What did we do? So there was no episode that week that Cujo passed away.
0: Correct. Yeah, we took a a little reprieve because I needed to regrieve the loss of my dog.
1: So all of you listeners out there, just know that, (laughs) you know, um, it takes the death of a close family member and are (laughs) basically being on the fringe of mental insanity (laughs) for us to take a break.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What Aldwin is referring to is the fact that we are just a little bit busy over here in the (laughs) T-Dot. But to our defense, there wasn't much happening on the men's side after the U.S. Open. Like, I think there was 0.0 tournaments. Right. Were there 0.0
1: tournaments on the women's side?
0: No, there was one or two. All of them I'm sure were giving out ugly trophies.
1: <laughs> so not worth mentioning.
0: I don't remember, so that <laughs> means I guess I don't care.
1: <laughs> yeah, sorry. Okay, maybe we'll come back to it next week, but we didn't care to remember what happened on the women's side that week, so
0: Yeah. But we're we're on on it this week. I think at least <laughs> you are. Except I have a little beef. Um you know before we dive into everything i have a little beef with wta tv
1: oh go oh yeah 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 and yeah get into it just, bitch I,
0: so <laughs> <laughs> uh, wta wtf wta tv <laughs> you okay so my credit card expired that yeah. happens and you need to transition payments so realizing that this <laughs> Tournament in Chicago is coming up. You know, Bianca's gonna be there. Kim Kleisters is making her return after like a year and a half. She's taken a spot in that event. I'm like, I need to get on WTA TV and watch this. Little did I know, uh, I can't log in. Mm. And I just think, oh, okay, well, my card expired. I use a Visa because they don't take Amex eye roll I (laughs) want to earn I want to earn points on the Amex but I can't so I use a visa and the visa expired but they're transitioning over to a new service or a new platform which means you can't access your account and you can't become a new member during this period and the person I communicated with don't know their name don't care because (laughs) they basically said very soon. It's going to launch very soon. I'm like, what does that mean? Does that mean like a couple of days? Does that mean the, through the end of Indian Wells? Like, what is this?
1: Yeah. I mean, this is part of our job. It's essential that we have access to WTA TV so we can watch the churness.
0: Yeah. So we can cover your sport and your wonderful ladies who are competing. What the F?
1: Yeah, I think you texted me last night and you're like, hey, have you logged into WTA T, WTA TV in a while? I'm like, TBH, no. I've been getting my tennis <laughs> from other sources, okay? From illegal sources. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in the recesses of my mind, I tried logging into WTA TV like a couple months ago and realized that there was an issue, but I was like, okay, I'm too busy to try and figure out what that issue is. Let me just get my women's tennis somewhere else. So maybe I should have flagged you. I did not. That's okay. It doesn't matter, though, because this response from WTV, WTA TV is simply unacceptable. Girl, get your shit together.
0: Yeah. Like, I asked them if there was a workaround, like, can you just reset my account and I can give you my card and then we can watch? Because, you know, I was interested... In the event in Ostrava, Igo was playing Sakari, mm. um, and then Kvitova was playing Kontavite. Was that the two semis? Um, Kvitova was playing Kontavite, I think. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So I was interested in seeing those those matches and, you know, getting myself equipped for the Chicago event. And, no, it's it's. Guys, it's going to be ready soon so if you want an account, just wait by your email or wait and refresh because soon it's coming.
1: (laughs) You know, I wish I could say as a teacher and educator in in Ontario, if a parent asked me when their child is going to receive math support, I wish I could email them and say, you know what, I'm not sure but I hope to give them math support soon. (laughs) Sorry, that's just not acceptable. (laughs) But I mean Mr Ma- <laughs> Mr Era ahead.
0: their Mr Era their test is on Thursday. You know what it's we're working on it and so <laughs>
1: once we figure out what's happening we're going to communicate what's happening to you and when that gets communicated it will be soon. Which is basically a bunch of garble. (laughs) But Monsieur Era.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, we digress. Um, (laughs) We want WTA TV to be a little bit better. You know, uh, Tennis TV has an app and you can cast your TV. So maybe they're working on some of that. So we'll give you a small pass, hoping that you're making it better. But, you know, it's very sad that you can't access your account um, when you have one, because you're trying to make some fixes and, and improve the situation um, and losing my money in the process.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yep. you your money, girl.
0: Yeah, exactly. Anyway, patreon.com <laughs> <laughs> ready play tennis podcast. So you can give us some of your money. <laughs> Thanks yeah. to those who have.
1: Yes, thank you. And again, it doesn't have to be, be a monthly subscription because we've had direct DMs about that. Um, we are happy to take your money monthly. We're happy to take your money once. So yeah. if you have if you have any questions, slide into our DMs. We have a cute way of explaining
0: how to do that to you, for yeah, you. Exactly. So there was a bunch of stuff going on this week. I think I was most excited about the Laver cup because I hadn't really seen it before and I didn't know if I would get to see it, but TSN did cover it. So I was mm. very excited about that. Um, I kind of knew what was going to happen. I was chatting through our IG with <laughs> CGO tennis. And I said, it's, it's probably going to be a bloodbath. I, <laughs> I, I don't think I used those words, but I was like, it's, it's going to be team Europe. <laughs>
1: And you were definitely not wrong.
0: <laughs> yeah. I didn't know how right I was going to be.
1: Listen, I before we get into the action, I have this question to ask you. So yeah. in terms of being a spectacle, in terms of being an event, just extract the fact that it's a tennis tournament, a team tennis tournament, essentially. What did you feel about the pre-game situation? Did it give you certain vibes, like, akin to other sports? Because I definitely had made connections with other sports. Like, what vibe did the Labor Cup give you?
0: Yeah, I mean, it is a bit different, I think, from other tennis events. It gives you a bit of a, you know, basketball game vibe or... You know football game vibe where you're talking to the players a bit more in advance and you're talking to the coaches you're getting a bit of a behind the scenes look into like the locker room and then the whole production of the event i think is just well thought out mm-hmm. um and as a team-based tennis event it has sort of all of the elements that i think you would want for for a tennis event. And it it's an event that I think is geared not only towards tennis fans, but people who are sort of peripheral to mm. the sport who may not be um, really that, that connected to tennis.
1: That is, I love that point. I think that that's kind of, that is spot on. Um, it really does capture people that have heard about tennis, have read about tennis kind of in the headlines, and it really draws them in. I'm going to tell you, Labor Cup gives me like NBA All Star Game, MLB All Star Game, um, Ryder Cup. I think is the golf equivalent, and I think that's what it models the the format after. But I wanted to talk specifically about their pregame show. Okay, mm-hmm. so the tournament took place over Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Before the tournament on Friday, there was a lot of press and kind of pre-tourney events, pre-tourney photo shoots. Did you all see the photo shoots with the tuxes? <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, you made sure they did because you shared them on our Instagram with little emissives.
1: Yeah, like, okay, I'm not a fan of Rublev. I'm not. I'm not a friend of Rublev physically, and right. I'm just going to put it out there.
0: But You're not attracted to her.
1: I'm not attracted to her. He's not in my lane. But the way that they photographed all of those players in their gorgeous tuxes. I mean, Hold On To Your Racket, which is another great, amazing podcast that we were messaging each other back and forth. And they said to us, girl, don't they all look hot in their tuxes? I'm like, yes. Oh, my God. Like, all (laughs) of them looked so good. So, like, to pique our interest and to get us hooked onto the Labor Cup, I thought... It was very Met Gala esque, and I like that. Hmm. I really got into that aspect.
0: Yeah, isn't it interesting that Rublev is not kind of your flavor, but he's the only one who's actually been on like a <laughs> GQ cover.
1: <laughs> I know there I... is
0: something modelly about him.
1: Yeah, he gives. I I believe he right after the U.S. Open he went back to Russia and he was named like one of GQ's Man of the Year in Men of the Year in Russia. Mm-hmm. And he yes, he was because he was there at the party with Pavlyuchenkova, And then I remember we posted on reG, are the rumors true? Are they together? And then someone quickly corrected me and said, no, Rublev has a girlfriend who I've never seen, so that's still kind of up for, you know, debate up, up for debate. But um, yeah, I think that's kind of interesting. He likes to have that tuft of hair fall over his eyes do you notice that
0: yeah it sort of like uh, swirls over in front of his <laughs> face and comes down one side of his forehead
1: yeah doesn't that bother him like can't he what's why is he doing that
0: yeah get a headband for that buddy <laughs> <laughs> well maybe he's he's got good product so it keeps sort of stays out of his eyes but he wears does he wear he wears a headband on court yeah
1: yeah. And like, you know, listen, Bertini is a smoke show, regardless of how you what you put him in. You can put him in a fucking, you know, uh, dirty ass diaper and T-shirt. and He's going to look hot. <laughs> right. But you put him in a tux. You're like, wow. I mean, and he had been used to wearing a tux because he was invited to the Met Gala.
0: But um, anyway, the pregame situation for the Labor Cup, spot on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, an amazing sort of production that they put together. The pre-event stuff, like everyone coming out in their tuxes. And then they have a little gala. Um, and then the, the tennis starts. And just the production of the event as a whole from, you know, the intro of all of the players um, at every session and them sort of egging on the fans to the lighting of the court. You know, the surface is a different story. I don't know if I could play on that particular surface. Um, I was waiting for Curios to complain about how slow the court is because that's one of his favorite things to do. But just the production value and the way it's captured for, for television. And, you know, when you see the match on court, you're only seeing the two players. Like everything else is sort of in the background and it feels sort of like old school um like an old school match uh, from the eighties, but it's obviously of today. I the the cool thing for the Labor Cup would be if these players played with Rod Labor's racket. <laughs> that would be good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I you know I didn't look at that visual aspect I, until you pointed me to it. But you're right; they do spend a lot of time. I mean, I guess I never thought that the choice of court color was intentional but now that you reminded me of it or that you um you know you share that with me it is totally intentional like that slate gray the blue and the red really pop and all you see are the players so Mm -hmm. in terms of like the aesthetic nature the aesthetic value of the tournament it's spot on now maybe this is a good time to foray into the actual tennis but Wow! Yikes, <laughs> team team world, double yikes! What's going yeah. on?
0: And one of the things I think that's interesting, wh- which maybe people don't know about how how the matchups are chosen, um, I guess the way it works is day for day one yes. is the players uh, or each of the teams pick the players who are going to play in each spot, and none of the other or the other team doesn't know who what player they're putting forward uh this the second or the third day, my understanding is um, the host team, which was Team world, was mm-hmm. able to choose which day they um, they chose to let Team Europe know the players that they were going to put forward and then team Europe would then counter with who they would put up against those players. Ah, okay. yeah. That's so that was something that was something I learned as I watched um, the coverage because one of the commentators uh, mentioned that, which is something I, I didn't know. And then obviously the, the points, one for um, <laughs> each match on day one, two for each match on day two, and then three for each match on day three. And the hope and the dream <laughs> would have <laughs> would have been that it would have been competitive enough uh, for those points on day three to matter.
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean so okay help me out here help grandma out so day <laughs> one each match there are three singles and one doubles Yeah, is worth one point correct Saturday there's again three singles and one doubles each is worth two points and I believe on the second day team Europe had amassed enough points because on the Friday, it was only the one match, which was, um, I forget, Zverev and someone lost. Zverev to...
0: and Berrettini lost to Chapeau and Isner.
1: All right. Okay, so the one point was won by Team World on Friday, but by the time we got to Saturday, Rublev-Schwartzman... This was the match where possibly Team World could have clinched the thirteen points, which made all of the consecutive matches like who who cares, <laughs> right? Who cares?
0: Yeah, and I think I think um, they couldn't have clinched thirteen points at the end of day two only because they got all of the points on day two and they only had eleven. So. Uh, yeah, so if they they you still need to get to day 3 technically to get 13 because uh, there's only 12 points available. Uh, in total for both day 1 and day 2. Ah. Uh,
1: okay, well that's smart on the organizer's part because like, you know, you have yeah, how exciting would it be if you have one <laughs> one of the teams be like just completely come aw- go away with it and then there's no reason to for fans to be there on the third day. <laughs> I mean but if there's if there's any blowout like if there's a blowout that could have possibly been made Team Europe did it this year like 14-1. Yeah. Like were you when you were watching the tennis were you enthralled? Were you excited? Were you into it? I mean the team aspect I thought was fun but like I mean the teams were so imbalanced to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean the teams were Team Team Europe, which had every player, um, <laughs> yeah. um, every player was in the top ten, yeah. um, and then as a backup, it had Cam Nori, <laughs> and that uh, he was a backup because you know Brexit, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then because Brexit. <laughs> Yeah, because Brexit, you know, <laughs> when you make choices, those that, them's be the consequences. Sorry, Cam, you're not, <laughs> you can't be part of Team Europe because of Brexit. Uh, <laughs> that's so funny. And, and then um, Feliciano mm-hmm. was also sort of backup. And then uh, Team World was uh, other players outside of the top ten.
1: <laughs> yeah, Team World was Curios.
0: Schwartzman. 95. Uh, I, don't, I don't know where he is ranked. Fa,
1: Our boy Felix. Opelka, Isner, and Chapo.
0: Mm-hmm. Listen, and backup was Jack Sock.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. I didn't know who the backup was, but did they not have anyone else available for the backup? No I think,
0: offense. I think Jack is somebody who had played before, yes. like Curios. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that's... How that came to be. Listen, no and, offense. Do you know mm. Delpo's still recovering? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no offense, Jack Sock. I mean, he didn't get a chance to play, but Team World, I mean, listen, Curios is good for ratings and is good to draw people in. And he hasn't necessarily backed up his claim from earlier this year in the summer when he said that he could come into any match and beat like what did he say, 80% of people, mm-hmm. you know, on the ATP tour. He said something to that effect. Um, we're going to talk about Curios in a second. But, I mean, when you've got Felix, though he had a really good showing at the U.S. Open, I mean, Chappell's first match to Medvedev on the Friday, four in love. Yeah. Yikes, girl. Like, oh, it's kind of embarrassing <laughs> it's kind of embarrassing
0: did you see medvedev's winner on match <laughs> one? yeah he i did <laughs> fell onto the court and it was over he was playing Unbelievable. And, you know, Chapeau, to his defense, was playing like garbage. So. <laughs> I can't believe you said to his defense. <laughs> <laughs> he was, I mean, he he was carried, he was carried in that doubles match with Isner. Ooh. Like, Isner well, he would, he would say as much, to be honest. Oh, Isner you... was playing like unbelievable in that match. And he carried, carried Chapeau over like, the threshold, like if it was a challenge in Survivor, and you're like, come on, come on, Dennis. <laughs> we, we both have to get over, t- over the line. <laughs> you know,
1: listen, you are the oracle this evening. <laughs> I don't know that you've thrown as much shade in... This entire year, as you have to Chapo, this I've had last... a week off, baby. <laughs> 45 seconds, and again, it's no Tino shade to Chapo. But I mean, facts are facts, that's something that we like to say. And um, admittedly, I did not watch that doubles match, but I was going to ask you about what the dynamics was because truthfully, that was the only match that Team World ended up winning. So you know, you what you got to thank uh, Johnny. Johnny mm-hmm. for claiming their only point.
0: Yeah, John Isner was returning like a beast, and he he followed that up in his singles match. Like he was the he was the standout for uh, team World for sure. Like he should he should and could have beaten Zverev. He mm. took both sets to two tiebreaks, and then they had the Leva Breaker, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, unfortunately he um, he fell in the Leva Breaker, but.
1: Okay, question for you. So, yeah. I mean, though it was a 14-1 demolition, who would you say, I mean, yeah, who would you say, who would you give the all-star award to on Team Europe? I think it's pretty obvious, but I'm just curious what you would say.
0: Hmm. I mean, I think Zverev's kind of s- squashed um, Isner's thunder in that match, <laughs> taking that. <laughs> Um so I would maybe pick uh, Zverev, but you know, Kaspar Rud won the first point. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I thought uh, maybe it's not as uh, as obvious to me, but I would give it to Rublev. Mm-hmm. Of all of all the matches that I saw, I saw Rublev's match against Schwartzman.
0: Schwartzman. Yeah, it was a very good match. A very good match. There were match. a couple good matches.
1: Yeah, you know, 11-9 in the super tiebreak. Um both were playing incredibly well. But, you know, we give, we've always described Rublev as this grinder. And for whatever reason, I feel like this, this, these past three days for Rublev, he really leveled up his tennis. And I felt like he was the MVP for that team, truthfully. I mean, yeah, Mm -hmm. my ex-boyfriend was there. Stefanos played Kyrgios. And, um, you know, we're going to discuss this a bit later, but Kyrgios has been, um, we're, Um, dealing with a knee injury um, all summer long. So he wasn't at his uh, 100% form. So, you know, a CC pass Curios matchup isn't something that um, maybe would have produced the best tennis. But I felt that Rublev had really difficult opponents in his singles and his doubles. And he really was clutch. He came Mm -hmm. through. So I would have given him the MVP, TBH.
0: Yeah. I agree with you in hindsight. Um, You know, Zverev did lose the doubles match with Berrettini. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, But uh, yeah, he pulled through that tough, tough match with Isner. So it could be either, either of those guys or Cam Nori for cheering in the the States. (laughs) Let
1: me just, sorry. Can I just say one thing? Cam Nori and Jack Sock have the best have the best situation in this entire thing. I'm assuming that though you are an alternate for these 3 days, you're getting paid not the same as you know someone that's playing, but you're getting paid a fee for your for your presence, fee you for service. A fee for service, okay? You're not playing, but you're in the gorgeous city of Boston. Boston, Bast- you know, Jason, Boston, Boston. I know that you're like a Boston, um, you're a Survivor fan. So like a Boston, Boston Rob. Boston Rob, yeah. Boston Rob. Um, so you can sit on the bench. You're probably, you've probably poured a little Patron in your water bottle, you know, enjoying, enjoying the sidelines. <laughs> right. Am I wrong? Mm-hmm. I do that. Come on, please. Yeah. Let's be For honest. Sure. And you're cheering your friends. You don't have to hit a single ball. And then the nighttime, you're killing it in the clubs.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a club.
1: You know, with all that free money that you're earning for not hitting a single ball. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think, um, yeah, it's it's obviously unfortunate that it was a route. ah, oh. And, uh, I would love to hear from anybody who had tickets to day three where <laughs> the, the event basically concluded at the end of the first match, which was the doubles match on day three. Uh, Cause there were three uh, singles matches that would have taken place throughout the rest of the day. And they reverted, I think to just exhibition uh, doubles matches after that. Yikes. So, yeah. That w- and that would be the more expensive ticket to be at the final day. Yeah, sucks. But I yeah. mean,
1: it is what it is and that is the perfect segue into listen, the the Labor Cup, this is the fourth installment of the Labor Cup. Last year there was no Labor Cup uh, due to COVID. Team Europe has won all four installments. What What does that say about (laughs) how do I, (laughs) how do I phrase this question? What does that say about the quality of tennis outside of Europe? (laughs) And is there anything that the organizers or the team captains, I I mean, John McEnroe doesn't fuck around. Okay. He's no, he's no fool he's not going to choose people that, I, I mean, this is me saying this, but he's not gonna choose people that he doesn't believe is going to earn points for his team. But if the pool is garbage, what are you gonna do? So what do you think? What's what's this, if if people are gonna get into this labor cup and watch something competitive, what do you think needs to change?
0: That is a very good question.
1: Yeah, it's a hard question, isn't it?
0: I. Th- Yeah, I mean, I think where we're at right now is that the top players who are on Team World are at this point in their career where they haven't transitioned yet to being able to be clutch and to be able to win in the big moments. Mm. Whereas all of Team Europe with the exception of Cam Nori, (laughs) have have been able to uh, do that. And, you know, maybe to a a lesser extent, Casper Rude. Like, he's won a few titles, but you know, three two fifties on clay in a row. <laughs> oh. Rub rubs oh. curios the wrong way. <laughs>
1: three two fifties in a row, and may I add, when everyone was at the Olympics. <laughs> yeah. And
0: Chapeau was there. <laughs> so he was able to beat Chapeau in the final in Geneva or whatever it was. But <laughs> I can't I really can't.
1: That's just so shady. <laughs> We've just <laughs>
0: Everybody will know that our teaser for Instagram this week will just be our shady (laughs) moment. (laughs) But uh, I think those players on Team Europe have have been clutch and have had moments where they've been able to be clutch. And, you know, someone like Dennis isn't quite there yet, even though he made the semis of Wimbledon. Mm. Felix isn't there yet, even though he's made the semis of the U.S. Open. It's like those guys need to develop their consistency. I mean... Uh, Opelka's made Opelka made the final of the National Bank Open, but mm-hmm. um, it's it's sort of week after week consistency. So that's those are the players that they would need to pick for Team World, and I don't know that they're out there yet.
1: Okay, I'm gonna throw a bit of a, a, a wrench here in the question because I have you know um, taking a look at the intraweb and what people are saying about the Labor Cup. The fact that Team Europe has come away with it four years running, maybe there's a discussion about what can be changed. Some people have suggested that you make it into a Hopman Cup style event. So you want to throw in some ladies there. What do you think about that idea? Is it a good idea? I mean, when you take a look at the spread of successful WTA players, from Europe versus the world, is that something that might entice fans to become, to be watchers? Or what do you think?
0: <clears throat> I, as I was watching it, I thought it would be cool if there was a ladies event like this. hmm mm-hmm. uh, But what you're saying is, and the Hopman Cup doesn't happen anymore, really. It's been replaced, mm. kind of, right? So okay. there, is a, there is room for something like that to take its place. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess I'm uh I'm being um Switzerland in regards to my opinion. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I've always enjoyed the Hopman Cup. Um uh, I I didn't think that I I didn't think that it was replaced. I always enjoyed it because it seemed like a really good tune-up for the Australian Open. It was a fun, relaxed event. And again, it gives you like Olympic Games vibes where you have pairings of male and female successful players on either tour getting together, playing these fun mixed doubles matches. So I liked that element of it. But I mean, the Laver Cup to me, the vibe that it gives me is like, you know, testosterone. Like, it's going to be like... Uh, what was that um, thing that Maura tried to create during COVID? UTS? UTS. It gives me that vibe, you know, and um, it would be nice if there was a female equivalent for that, you know, that would be cool to do like a team aspect. I know there's like Fed Cup and all of that stuff, but um, I don't know. It's just, I feel, and we've said this before on our pod, there's just a different ethic of... Players, there's a different ethic when it comes to players from Europe. So Tsitsipas, Medvedev, all of that crew versus the ethic of players from World. Um, you've got Schwartzman that's got a you know a hoodie line, Peck and Pecky. You've got Apelka that loves going to museums. To me, on the surface, it just doesn't seem like there's a dedication to be the best. Sorry. Hmm just being honest that's what it feels like and so is it a surprise to me that team europe came away with it 14-1 not really so i mean you know next year's edition what's that going to look like you know are people going to be like uh we know that team europe is going to come away with it so you know and i did see sorry just to add one more thing There are a crop of new players that people are wanting to be introduced into the Labor Cup. Maybe it doesn't have to be um, these players that have solidified themselves as the best in tennis, but like people want to see Alcaraz, right? Mm -hmm. Alcaraz has had an incredible year. He doesn't necessarily have a high ranking, but he would be an exciting player to watch in this kind of format. So maybe it's about like introducing like um, Nakashima. You know, um, on the on the men's side and maybe having an element of like the, um, what do we call that tournament at the end for the men's? The next gen? Yeah. I don't know. I, just, you know, throwing some ideas out there.
0: Yeah. Well, maybe you should become the producer of the 2022 edition. Oh, gosh. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Too busy. Too busy. <laughs> don't... <laughs> I like literally rolled my eyes when you said that. <laughs> I think there were some disappointments for some people. I think they wanted to see, you know, doubles pairings of like Tsitsipas and Zverev or like <laughs> Tsitsipas and Medvedev because they, they, those two have some riffs and they wanted to see a singles match between Rude and <laughs> Curios because they had that whole thing about you're, you're good, bro, but <laughs> only on the dirt. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I mean, listen, if those are the kinds of matchups that would elicit more people, more eyeballs, and it's a shame that they didn't capitalize on that. I mean, they're yeah. trying to be, I guess, politically correct. But I mean, PottyGate, as you um, a, as you rightly covered on our Instagram, there might be an end to that. But that's still kind of like, you know, a headline that people are chatting about. Mm-hmm. So it would it would have been
0: interesting to have those pairings. Did you sense um, actually I won't i I'll, I won't feed you my thoughts on this. What were your thoughts on <laughs> Tsitsipas Pass at the tournament and sort of how he was presenting himself after um, all of that stuff?
1: I mean, I listen, I think by nature Tsitsi Pass is someone that wears his emotions on his sleeve. I felt him to be of the six probably um in in a category of like subdued i don't know that's Mm. what that's what i kind of read from him um yeah i didn't see him as like you know a flagrant flamboyant kind of like you know player he kind of was in the back of the scenes and uh i think it was smart of him to do so you know so anyway that was my take on it Mm. what about you
0: yeah i kind of felt the same way i felt like he maybe knew that there's a bit of a rift between him and some of the other players on his team. Uh Um, You know, particularly that whole incident with Zverev and Cincy, Uh um, where he left to go to the washroom between the first and second set and took nine minutes. And Zverev's like, he's talking to his dad. He took his phone. And then they shot to his dad on his phone (laughs) texting. (laughs) So, and I think he, from what I understood from the commentators, he took what Andy Murray said to heart and felt <laughs> sort of devastated by that because he looked up to Andy so much and to mm. like have somebody you look up to speak about you that way yeah he probably is is um, having a bit of a learning moment
1: yeah do you think that um I'm assuming that they were, they were put up at the four seasons in Boston do you think that <laughs> you know at 12:30 a.m on Friday night uh, Pass left his um, suite at the Four Seasons and knocked on Zvera's door and was like, hey, babe, can I talk to you for a sec? <laughs> and he's like, listen, I just, do you want to just open a bag of Cheetos and open a bottle of uh, Kim Crawford, you know, <laughs> Sauve Blanc, and just chat about, like, what was going on between us and they, they had a girl moment? Like, do you think that they did that?
0: Maybe, maybe Sitsi wanted to talk about his relationship with you and Zverev wanted to talk about his relationship. Yikes. Yikes. Is that a good segue?
1: (laughs) Okay. So (laughs) it is a good segue. (laughs) Listen, I'm going to, I'm just going to say this. Uh, It's, it's an uncomfortable position for me and I'm, I'm just going to throw it out there. Maybe an uncomfortable position for you, but it is a tennis headline Um, the allegations of... It continues to be, yeah. It continues to be, right? Like, the allegations of domestic abuse that Olga Sharapova, Zverev's ex-girlfriend, brought forth about him last year continue to follow him. I'm very careful with my choice of words because, like, continue to haunt him has a certain kind of, you know, meaning. But continue to follow him. And um, international amazing, world-renowned commentator Mary Carrillo made the decision to step down from her commentating position, which is she's done at the Labor Cup for the past three years, because there has not been any movement or action on these allegations against Zverev on domestic abuse. She said that she would feel complicit in in the actions if she were to... Um, commentate at this fourth edition of the Labor Cup. So she kind of withdrew withdrew herself from the entire situation. So, Uh I mean, honestly, we talked about this. We're not going to go into it in detail. But for me, this is my final note. Um, The allegations are there. The ATP says that they will look at their policy and stance on – you know, on this in regards to domestic abuse, but nothing has been done. And someone in such a high profile position as Mary Carrillo has taken it upon themselves to make a point and withdraw herself, withdrew herself from the labor cup this year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if there's really much more to say on the issue. It's hard to address it further when, No new information, I guess, is coming out. Obviously, Mm. the allegations are serious. And if true, he should be, you know, he should have to deal with the consequences. Yeah. Uh, But it's hard to know how to talk about it or to continue to talk about it other than as we do on this podcast, which is to share anything new. And that's that was sort of a new piece of, you know, someone who's esteemed as a. She's a former tennis player, right? As if Yeah. Even yeah. Us, French,
1: she's... French Open champion. French Open doubles yeah. champion. Yeah.
0: So former and obviously well-known for commentating um, to take that um, position. And I think others like Andy Roddick on Tennis Channel has said, mm-hmm. you know, journalists should be doing more to um, push Zverev to get comment or to talk about... Um, these issues so we'll see if other um, if other statements are made like Mary Carrillo's
1: yeah I just want to share one thing and this is just me being completely candid completely completely raw, and completely honest I feel like this Mary Carrillo story you know if that's your decision girl you go for it you know mad respect to you that's something that you've decided that you wanted to do and take a stance and all for it but this particular situation to me is a microcosm of what's going on in the entire world. People cannot be on opposite sides and have honest conversations about what's going on. And it makes it difficult, honestly, for people like you and me that are trying to share our opinion because all we want to do is cover tennis and we want to cover the headlines and we want to cover it in a way that's respectful and fair. And we're just finding as we navigate through all of these contentious stories that people have such these days, people have such, um, fiery, um, opinions and are so adamant about what they believe that they're not willing to look at the other side. And I think that's just so hard, you know, it's just so hard to have a conversation with someone that's going to just say, you know what, I feel like this is what you're saying about this situation with Zverev and his girlfriend. I don't agree with it. I'm not listening to your podcast. You know, it's just, it's it's awful. It's really, really awful. I mean, listen, I'm going to put it out there. We've had Christian Harrison on our show. He has had, um, you know, tweets and beliefs politically that a lot of our listeners don't agree with. But is that something that we would kind of... Is that, a, is that, would that be a factor in him not being on our show? I mean, you and I have discussed it. No, because at the end of the day, he's a tennis player and he has a, mm-hmm. a story to share. So you want to be of the belief that a particular platform doesn't deserve to be on our podcast. Then you know what? More power to you. Maybe we're not for you, but Jason and I are trying to be sensitive and honest about what's going on. And we always want to hear both sides of the story.
0: Yeah. And Christian and his girlfriend are super nice and Yeah, chat with us like pretty much once a week.
1: Yeah. And we like them. We like them. We yeah. love them. They're great. They're fantastic. So
0: You know who else I loved <laughs> that I I got to watch on the weekend? Oh. Was this player Quan Su Wan. Okay. Quan Su Kwon Sun- I, you know, I should know he's my people because I lived in Korea for two years. I've adopted him. He is so, such a good player. I was going to ask you about him. So he played in a
1: ATP tournament in Kazakhstan. Was it Kazakhstan? I believe so, yeah. Okay, Kazakhstan, the Astana tournament. First time winner um, of an ATP tour title. And I... Yeah, I was curious because, you know, you and Wade having lived in Korea before, you know, have you have a connection to that country? Sunu Kwan is a name that we've seen kind of floating in the draws over the past year and a half, and he's finally capitalized. And listen, he didn't play in a giveaway tournament. You had Karatsev there, you had Krajanovic there. So he comes away as a legitimate winner of his first title. Like way to go, girl.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he beat Boobs, and he beat <laughs> Duckworth in the final. Uh-huh. The guy gets to every ball. Um, has really good pop on his ground strokes. Really good net play. Uh, I definitely want to see more from him. Yeah,
1: I feel like he played Apelka. He, I remember watching the highlights of a, an Apelka match, and you know it was literally what's the. Um, What's the fairy tale, you know, where you have the giant – well, it's not a fairy tale. David David versus Goliath, right? Yeah. I mean, you've got a a Pelka serve bot versus this, you know, shorter player but just, like, fast as hell and able to get to everything. And I was really impressed watching him in those highlights. And so, you know, when I heard that he won his first tournament, I was just so ecstatic for him. Like, what an
0: accomplishment. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see sort of where his ranking goes and how he's able to perform the rest of the year. But yeah, I definitely love his quickness and his shot making. Some of the shots he was making against that boobs was incredible.
1: <laughs> yeah. So Soon... Okay, so in Korean, is it that you say the last name first and then the first name?
0: Correct. So it's Kwon Soon Woo.
1: Kwon Soon Woo. Get it, girl. We posted about you on IG making sure that you received all the credit that you deserve for being a
0: first title holder. And congrats for a smaller tournament actually having a decent looking trophy.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was nice, right? It was like a gorgeous plate.
0: Mhm. Yeah, it was very nice. It was very unlike the um the bong that it looked like they gave out in Ostrava. <laughs> The bong. (laughs) It was like a beautiful glass tube with like multiple holes where you can smoke whatever you want from.
1: I mean, listen, we don't know anything about Annette and her personal, you know, pleasures. Maybe she likes a good um, Friday night bong session.
0: (laughs) I mean it's legal here, Annette, if you wanna come and smoke you can go to any corner and find a pot store.
1: I mean, listen, she has posted on her IG that she loves plants. She likes <laughs> she posts a lot of plants. Maybe we maybe you know, one of the plants that she doesn't show for public consumption is the wheat plant. <laughs> <I don't
0: know. laughs> oh. Were you surprised that she was able to pull through and win that title there were some good players there
1: I was I surprised no I feel like Annette is always a sleeper in a draw I mean Annie I love her so much um she worked her way through the draw Sakari coming over a semi-final showing at the US Open was in my honestly in my heart in my mind I'm like Sakari's pissed she kept on getting stopped at the Grand Slams at the French and also at the US Open um, obviously losing to... Uh, who, wait, who did she lose to at the US Open? Our girl? No, no, she no. Lost. She lost to she, rads
0: The winner. Radikanu. Yeah. Radu. So, Radu.
1: So I'm like, you know what? She's pissed. She's going to win this Ostrava tournament. And she's like, I'm going to come away 2021 having won this Ostrava title. And it will be, all been worth it. But Annie had other plans. Annie can do Whatever she wants in that forehand. I was watching her matches. She was just killing it on the forehand side. And Sakari, sorry, Sakari just couldn't and she didn't have any replies for her.
0: I didn't watch that match, but it sounds like it was similar to the Radicanu match who where she dominated.
1: Yeah, she just she just dominated. Like, you know, Again, Annie's a sleeper. She had one in Cleveland before the U.S. Open, so she's now a two-time title holder for the year. Um, you don't want to face uh, an informed contivate. And unfortunately for Zachary... I mean, listen, you can't, you're not going to... Listen, the, the year is not over, but when you look at Zachary's year, would it have been nice to have come away with the title? Yes. Did she come away with one? Uh, no. But, she, but she's her and you know Tom hill shout out to Tom hill you're still ignoring us but that's fine um <laughs> we love you um they that, that team has definitely made a lot of progress in terms of her results in and consistency mm-hmm
0: yeah, I've always wondered about Contevit. I see her in draws, and I know she does well, and she sort of makes her way through and gets to quarters and semis, and sometimes brings home an ugly trophy. But <laughs> my general wonderment is why, why hasn't, she, why isn't she seeded in some of these events? So yeah. I think obviously winning a this is a, this was a 500 level title, yeah. taking home 500 points. She's probably going to have a seating at indian wells potentially although that's you know starts next week i don't know um how yeah. that'll shake down
1: yeah hopefully i mean uh, from what i've seen because of covid she hasn't been able to participate in many in as many tournaments as she would have liked so these most recent results i think are going to help bump her up And have higher seedings in the draws. I mean, uh, Indian Wells, it's coming up. There's no Osaka. There's no Barty. Raducanu receives a wild card. I think it's a pretty sure thing that we're going to see Annie with a nice seeding at that
0: tournament. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. I didn't know sorry. Barty had withdrawn. Did yeah. she? She went home on a jet plane back to Oz.
1: Girl, I don't know what the story is there, but on the WTA tour website, they are saying that Barty and Os- and Ostrava, Barty and Osaka are out.
0: Gotcha. I knew about Osaka. I didn't know about Barty.
1: Yeah. Now, sorry. Quick question. I did mm-hmm. read a hair I did read a headline about Naomi, and Naomi said that she, you know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but following her loss to Leila at the US Open, she had said that she was going to take another break for her mental health. Okay, cool. No problem. Do do that thing. And then she comes out this week with a um you know, with with a comment in the press saying that she's starting to have the itch again. So, she's not going to be in Indian Wells. I'm assuming that she's going to try to make her debut debut at the Australian Open. Um I don't know. I'm just, I'm really, I'm really missing Naomi at her top form. Yeah. You do what you got to do, but, you know, it would be nice to see her play a full calendar year and mm-hmm. be in it to win it the whole time.
0: Well, I think she, unless her ranking has dropped um, through the points system, wouldn't she be qualifying for the year end? Uh, event?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Where is that taking place? Is that in Singapore? I don't even know where that city is. I don't place. I
0: don't believe it. <laughs> we you know, this is one of those things that people are going to drag <laughs> us for not knowing. Um uh, please send us a, when you listen tomorrow to this episode, let us know in our, on our Instagram or we'll just look at look it up after we're done recording. <laughs> Did you want to talk about any of the other results from this week? Uh, obviously, there was the event where Ah, uh, you were posting uh, stories on our IG mm. of you watching Andy Murray. Yes. And what What did you think of his form? Uh,
1: I thought that, I thought that I've, I think that Andy is building and rebuilding. So unlike Federer, who is still out and probably not going to be back for, um, I think he said he 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 might not even be back for the Australian Open. I think is what he said. Um, because he's recouping from another knee injury. Um, I think that Andy is in it to win it. I think that just like we posted on our Ready Play Tennis podcast IG page, you cannot count Andy out. I think that he is serious about getting back into the highest of forms, and I think that he can honestly contend for another slam title. So even in his loss to her catch – um, he looked better. He's been looking better and better. You know, he's been collecting wins over players that um, have been playing super well. I mean, he beat Hugo Umber, who you and I watched at um, the Rogers Cup this year. He's 100% no pushover. I mean, no Tino shade, but all tea, all shade. He beat Pospisil and I mean that's really not saying very much, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> but the, there's your shade. <laughs> yeah, there's my shade. But the Umberwin is like you know he can play with the big boys, so I think yeah. it's been ni- it's nice to see Andy playing well again.
0: Yeah, you used a good analogy. I think he's sort of rebuilding his resume, sort mm. of s- br- brick by brick. He's building up his um, skills and sort of maybe rebuilding the um, the agility and comfort with his movement or whatever's been going on with his hip. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think I love seeing that he's playing 250 events and I think he played like a challenger event. Like that tells you how much the sport means to somebody like him. Mm-hmm. And I do hope that you're right, that he will be able to contend again for big titles. I think, you know, this will be probably his last push. And hopefully this last push can last yeah. him a, cu- a couple more years, but you know, it's hard to know with people like Federer and people like Murray and people like Delpo, you know, Murray and Delpo, I think are the same age, 33. Mm. Uh, Murray might be a little bit older, but you know, you gotta wonder how much longer you can deal with trying to recoup from an injury to come back and then only injure yourself again.
1: Yeah, no, totally. Um, Major congrats go out to Hubie, Um, capturing the singles and the doubles title in Mets. He beat PCB 7663, and that makes him a three-time winner this year. I mean, he took away the big trophy in Miami, but he also won in Delray Beach, and now he's won in Mets. So that's no small feat. And honestly, I think that next year, we're going to start parlaying him into this larger conversation of... Um, of players that are going to contend for slams like quarters, semis, finals—that situation for him.
0: Yeah, I agree, and maybe he'll be part of Team Europe at the Labor Cup.
1: Oh yeah, you know they because they well, I mean not that they need any more stronger players, but uh, right, <laughs> you know. What I, and I I forgot to mention like more, Laura Musetti, like throw him in there, throw him yeah. in there.
0: Sinner. let's put center on. Yeah,
1: there. exactly. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Yeah, I. I had seen I had seen I saw a clip of her playing doubles and I commented on one of the posts. I was like, this looks like a high school gymnasium <laughs> where they were playing the doubles match because you saw like on the sidelines, like a, ba- a basketball um net. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, where are you? Where are these matches being played? You um, know anyway i thought that was funny (laughs) (laughs) i mean i guess it doesn't matter where you play as long
1: as you get that check at the end
0: (laughs) yeah cash that check um i think we're wrapping up happy 39th birthday
1: oh thank you it's aldwin's birthday (laughs) he's going
0: out for din din after we record yes um, we're going to do something later this week or when you tell me we're going to do it. <laughs> yes. And, uh, next week I think we'll be maybe previewing Indian Wells.
1: Yeah. I think that's what's up for next week. Can I just say one thing? Um, Rebecca, we continue to love and support you. You've had some difficult losses in the qualies, you know, you just um, lost in the second round against Flipkins in Chicago, but, girl, keep on going at it because we are watching and following your results very closely. And, you know, you're going to get into that main draw and you're going to make another move like you did in Montreal.
0: Will she be in the qualifying at Indy Wells? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what her schedule is. Maybe so. we should mess her, mesh her and find out.
1: Yeah, we I mean, she's taking a lot of cute um, tourist photos, so I'm into that. Yes. yes
0: all right peeps happy birthday thank you and see you next week Bye bye (laughs) we're here for your tennis tainment or your tentertainment or whatever it is but if you like what we're serving up please give us a five-star review and like share and subscribe and like such as
1: wait one more thing don't forget to follow us on facebook instagram and tiktok at ready play tennis podcast